Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What they're doing right now is they're building some big-time wiggle room here. Now, people can debate whether the Giants are for real or or not. I don't care what people think about that. All I know is that they're set up really well to not only make the playoffs, but to have a double-digit win. You know what I mean? Like 10, 11 wins this season. They could almost limp and stumble their way to double-digit wins. We understand people are going to call the 6-1 Giants a fraud. I get it. But have you seen the state of the NFC lately? You're going to tell me the Giants aren't going to make the playoffs? We'll be talking about that later in the program. But first and foremost, it's the Giants Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Another week. Another win for the six and one Giants. It's just lather, rinse, and repeat for Big Blue, right, Dan? It's um, it's a surreal time, and it is a, it's a nice change of pace because in years past, you, you've heard me joke about it on this show that we would just recycle our losing articles, uh, just change the names of the players, change the names of the team, and it was all the same. Now we're on the complete opposite end of that spectrum, and I'm telling you what, it's a lot more fun to be on this side of it. We would recycle our old uh, podcast topics too. Just like, what, what, where else can we go with this season when it's you know completely done by like right. week six or seven? A little bit well, different uh, now. Well, when was the last time the Giants uh, weren't finished by the end of the month of October? I mean, it's been uh, it's been a little while. It's been a little six, while. Six years. It's been six years. Yeah, six years. Eli. Got to go back to Eli for that. Yep. <laughs> uh, that, of course, is the voice of Dan Benton. He's the managing editor of USA Today's Giants Wire. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the podcast if you could and haven't already. You can find this show on Spotify or Apple, whatever works best for you. We appreciate it. Uh, Dan, let's lead off right here. Six and one. The Giants are rolling. DJ, he's rolling. So is it officially time for the Daniel Jones haters to wave the white flag? One million percent. One million percent. I don't know how you can honestly and objectively go out in public and say that Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback and not factoring into the team's six and one record. There's just no there's no argument left to be had. And I know a lot of the stat heads will, you know, point that kind of stuff out and then conveniently ignore his rushing totals and his rushing touchdowns and the receiver drops, the receiver separation, the analytical data on his receivers, the injuries, the pressures that are still among the leagues. Uh, most so the argument prior to the season was always good quarterbacks raise the level of play of those around them now Daniel Jones is doing exactly that and those same people want to ignore it I'm going to tell you right now you're all embarrassing yourselves just stop it like we're talking about there's that contingent of Giants fans Dan who either root against DJ or just plain think you know he's along for the ride with the Giants right that contingent of the fan base isn't going to change like once you get take committed you got to hold on. You got to hold your water, right? You're never going to let it go. There is a lot of fans like that. Um, we're also talking about every NFL analyst who, you know, obviously can't let that go as well, right? They all have to. They all have to wave the white flag because no matter what you want to say about DJ and what the stats say, you have to admit that he's a winner, right? You can't. Yeah. You can't deny that. Like you can win with Daniel Jones. That's all we're trying to say here. The dude has led five fourth quarter comebacks in seven games this season, and the Giants are six one. They have the second. Best record in the NFL. I mean, I think we're at the point now, Dan. We were talking about the Giants and what they might do with Jones and his contract. And 
are we at the point now where the Giants shouldn't only be making plans to extend DJ, but like the price tag is kind of climbing? Like we were talking about a couple episodes ago how this price for DJ is going to be very convenient for the team. It's going to be a team friendly deal to get your quarterback, you know, 10, 12 million a year, maybe. That price might be climbing closer to 15 now. Oh, there's no doubt about it. With each week that passes, uh, they get further and further away from a top draft pick and closer and closer to a large contract for Daniel Jones. It would actually behoove the Giants and Joe Shane right now to kind of bite the bullet and maybe get the contract in before he earns himself even more money. Uh, Because at this pace, I'm not saying he's going to earn one of those top-end contracts no matter what he does this season. But that team-friendly deal that we were talking about, uh, that's starting to fade a little bit. So I love Dan Orlovsky. Um, I'm sure you caught the get up show on on Monday, right? Yeah, you guys are always watching that on Giants Wire. You know what people are saying. But for those listening who may not have seen this clip that we're referencing, uh, let's play it for you right here. Why are you poo-pooing Daniel Jones? By the way, I'm not poo-pooing Daniel Jones, but to sit here and say they're six and one because of him is is not accurate. He won them that game yesterday. He won them that game yesterday. Because of the best one-two running back duo in sports, Daniel. You I, know this. Thank you. Listen, thank the you. legs I get. I leg Rex. I love you. I love you. But they're six and one because Brian Dable, Saquon, and their defense. That D- Daniel Jones, the only thing he's not doing turning it over is give, That's huge. But here's my point. Here's my no 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 no. Yeah. They threw seven passes in the second half yesterday. Seven. They threw one in the fourth quarter. Have you? Of course, seen he's not turning the ball over. Receivers. Yeah, but of Dan, course, he's not turning the ball over. They have no one on their team who can catch a football. But a, no one. Okay. I do love Orlovsky. I think he's great. I think he's entertaining. His takes rarely come out of left field because he actually watches film and has a reason for his takes. So I do love uh, Orlovsky. But Orlovsky is one of these uh, people out there, Dan, that refuses to give DJ credit. Uh, and, and, you know, you got Greeny and you got Rex Ryan. And you got guys on the set be like trying to argue for DJ's case here. And Orlovsky is doing that thing, right? He's throwing out the stats. And... Why is da- why does Daniel Jones never get credit for like he's literally got Wandale Robinson operating as his number one receiver, right? Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay, they're never available. They weren't this past week again. Sterling Shepard is down. Uh Daniel Bellinger, the tight end who you know DJ was actually building a chemistry with, he's got a eye socket, facial fracture, whatever it was. Like that was freaking weird and scary on the field. Like he's out. So yeah, so yeah, it's Saquon Barkley. It's the defense, and it's DJ mostly trying to make plays with his legs at the end of the game to, to make things happen. Like, should we dock DJ points for using his legs in key situations? Like, since when do we dock quarterbacks for that? Like, yeah, that's he's winning that's games. The strangest thing. It's crazy because for years we we constantly heard the argument for players like Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick before him, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes on occasion, Aaron Rodgers on occasion, you know. Their legs are always credited with being this extra uh, asset to their game that's uh, so incredible and makes them so dynamic and and that much better. But with DJ, for whatever reason, and and I can't, you know, I can't understand it. Explain it to me if you can. Uh, that's poo-pooed like no one's business. We're supposed to just pretend like that's not part of what makes him the good football player that he is. And uh, I'd argue that that's specifically what makes Daniel Jones so absolutely dynamic is his you know, surprising speed and athleticism where he's able to move within the pocket, move out of the pocket, run, you know, he's hitting 20 some mile per hour on these runs. He's, he's not a slow guy. He's deceptively fast. He's big. He's strong. 
Um, you know, we've seen that he's improved this year in terms of taking fewer hits, sliding when it's time to slide. He's getting, you know, more comfortable and, and his footwork is a lot better inside the pocket. I don't know. I, I don't know why he doesn't get the credit he deserves. And, you know, I know there's a lot out there who will argue, well, it's Saquon that's carrying the team. And he's certainly, um, you know, he's certainly productive and, and helping. Um, and then the other argument is that it's good coaching. And, yeah, it is good coaching. But, you know, look around the league. Look in Denver. Look at what bad coaching does to good players. And then maybe consider that, you know, Daniel Jones has just not had very good coaching in his career until this point. And we're finally getting to see what he's capable of with good coaching. It all goes hand in hand. That's the exact argument that we've been making in recent years that has been dismissed. And now those haters and critics are on the exact opposite end of that spectrum and and arguing against everything that they had previously argued for. It doesn't make any sense. It's just it's just people being dug in. You know, their heels are in the sand and and they're not moving off those opinions no matter what, even if their perception of what's good and what's bad has to change to fit their narrative. Yeah, that's a that's a great example with Denver and their coaching. Woof, Dan. Every time I watch Denver, I'm like, holy crap. It does bring you back to those previous Giants, to those Giants years with the bad coaches. It really does. Uh, yeah, and I feel like fantasy football, the stats, all it, it's real. We've really gotten nutty with this stuff. Like 20 years ago, I think Daniel Jones would be celebrated. 20 years ago, but it's just a different time, right? People look at that he's got six touchdown passes in seven games. They can't get over it. But like 20 years ago. It didn't freaking matter whether it was the running back running in the touchdown, the quarterback running in or throwing it in. It didn't matter. Did you score the touchdown? Did you win? Like, that's all that mattered back then. It wasn't like it wasn't so like obsessive with the stats and the fantasy thing and all that. Like, and I love fantasy football, but it's like, who cares? They're six and one. They're scoring touchdowns at the end of the game. Like, that's what matters. Well, all of these critics, you know, I, I just ask them a simple question. Forget about what you think about Daniel Jones. Insert whatever quarterback you want into that situation. Do you want that quarterback throwing in the red zone to the Giants' current group of wide receivers that can't separate Not and really. then are in smaller and closed spaces? Nope. Or do you want to give it to Saquon Barkley, who's arguably an MVP candidate who's going to find a way into the end zone? I don't think, like I said, it doesn't matter what quarterback is there. You're going to want to go with what's, you know, got the higher percentage of the score. And in this case, obviously, until the Giants can get some help at wide receiver, it's it's very much the answer is Saquon Barkley. That's not a knock on Daniel Jones. That's a knock on the receivers the team has. If DJ is a sideshow clown playing quarterback for the Giants, man, he is he is doing a great act because they're six and one and he just got named NFC player of the week. Dan, that, that article just popped up on Giants Wire, too. So he's doing a good job fooling us all right now with with, with this little act he's got going. I mean, it's it's an amazing magic trick for such a terrible quarterback in the eyes of some. How did how did he get Player of the Week? Like what? what did, yeah, right. you, were, you were expecting that. We we were expecting that. Yeah, we absolutely works. But we had that article ready to fire. We just had to update it with a a couple little things. You know, again, and it's not trying to. You know, it's not a biased thing. I think objectively, if you sit back and actually watch these games and actually watch uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, you can't make an argument against them. You can't. I mean, if you're just looking at the box score and that's the only thing you're looking at, maybe a couple little, you know, highlight reels or whatever, you you can, you know, continue to stand on that soapbox and scream. But if you turn on the tape, if you turn on the film, if you turn on the games, you actually watch them and you watch the dynamic between he and his receivers, how Saquon Barkley fits in, how the Daniel Jones's running fits in, how the coaching and play calling fits in. There's no argument that could be made anymore that Daniel Jones 
not only is he not a bad quarterback, but I would say he's top half of the league at this point and climbing as far as where he is uh, in the quarterback race. Yeah, I, I'm with you. If you want to say he's he's in the conversation for top 15 in the league, I, I would go there. He's a winner. He's a gamer. I mean, he sprained his ankle. He didn't miss any time. He's running around on that ankle like with reckless abandon. He's tough. He's a winner. You can win with this guy. So we're not going to do this the entire show, Dan. There's other people. There's other things we want to get to. Uh, some injuries with the with the Giants. We talked about Bellinger, uh, Evan Neal. We'll get to that here coming up next. But first, let's set our fantasy lineups. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number eight. New Orleans Saints quarterback Andy Dalton versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Fresh off a 361-yard, four-touchdown performance in which he also threw three costly picks, Dalton appears poised to start ahead of the still-injured Jameis Winston. Las Vegas has given up the most fantasy points to the position, and every starting quarterback has gone for at least 23 fantasy points against this defense in 2022. In the last three weeks alone, this matchup is 46.7% better than the league average. While expecting anything close to a replication of last week's showing is unwise, Dalton has a chance to get his top two wide receivers back on the field and should be good for at least 275 yards and a pair of touchdown strikes, which is more than enough fantasy success to justify a streaming play. Miami Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert at the Detroit Lions. Mostert has gone for 10 or more PPR points in three of the last four games, and he set a season-high mark with 20.9 points last week. The former 49ers dominated this backfield work of late, and he faces a cupcake matchup. Ride the hot hand and lock Mostert in for a minimum of RB2 expectations. Detroit has given up the fourth most fantasy points per game in the last five weeks, regardless of whether receptions are included. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Rashad Bateman at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bateman returned last week from a foot injury to log four grabs for 42 yards and five targets. It appears he came out of this game no worse for wear and will face a Tampa defense that is fighting through injuries of its own in the secondary. Eight receivers have made it into double figures in PPR scoring against the Bucs, and two of the three best performances have come in the last two weeks. Look for Bateman to get back on track. Minnesota Vikings tight end Irv Smith versus the Arizona Cardinals. Coming off a bye, Smith looks to make it consecutive games with a touchdown grab. And Arizona's feeble defense is a position will make it a reasonable bet to come to fruition. While Smith scored in week six, he logged four catches for an impressively low seven yards. He has no more than five catches for 42 in any outing this year, which should help illustrate his riskiness. Roll the dice on the matchup itself. This is a top eight opponent for receptions, yardage, and touchdown efficiency by tight ends in the last five weeks. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. I want to talk a little bit, Dan, about where the Giants are. They're six and one in the state of the NFC. I don't know if folks have really just taken a look at the state of the NFC right now and, and how good of a spot the Giants are in. Uh, we'll get to that here, but let's update some of the injury news around the team. We talked about Bellinger. He's got a facial fracture. That was that was crazy. Uh, and something you don't really see too often in football with guys wearing helmets with face masks, right? That just doesn't happen very often. So that was scary. We also lost Evan Neal, uh, which which is tough. Um, and we got some news on Nick Gates as well, right? So why don't you give, give us a little update on where the Giants are at injury-wise. It's uh, not great. 
No, it's not. They're actually entering uh, the Jaguars game. The Giants were, I think, um, 26 in overall team health and among the most uh, man games lost in the entire league. Uh, obviously, both of those are going to get worse. Uh, Bellinger's, you know, he had to have surgery on the, for the facial fracture. He's likely out until Thanksgiving at the earliest. Uh, sprained MCL for um, Evan Neal, which is unfortunate because he was really starting to find his stride. I thought um, – the week six game was his best performance by far. And he was looking, you know, decent um, on Sunday against the Jaguars before he went down. Ben Bredesen also suffered a knee injury, and he's expected to be out for a couple weeks. All of them are considered week to week, according to Dayball, um, which is noteworthy because he usually will just tell you they're day to day and we'll see. Uh, so the fact that he's basically saying these guys are out for weeks is. It's pretty telling about where they are. It doesn't sound like Kadarius Tony, unfortunately, is any closer to returning. Uh, ditto Kenny Galladay. We'll Shocker. see more later this week whether I'm, or not they I'm return stunned, to dude. practice. I'm stunned. Yeah, so there's definitely some issues. But on the plus side of the injury news, the Giants on Wednesday did return Nick Gates to their active roster, which is it's really a story for the ages considering how absolutely brutally gruesome his leg injury was. Uh, there was initial concern that not only was his career over, but there was concern about saving the leg itself and a possible uh, possibility for amputation. So the fact that he's been able to come back in about a year and a half, I mean, that is a story worth celebrating. Um, the former captain, his teammates love him. Um, he's probably not going to play immediately, but the mere fact that he's going to be able to put on the helmet and practice with the team is going to be a morale boost for everyone. Um, especially given the other injuries the team has recently sustained. Yeah, that that story will certainly be celebrated when he comes back. That'll be that'll be quite a scene. Uh, so yeah, you know the the Giants are are banged up, and you look at it. There's only ten games left in the regular season, Dan. It doesn't feel like that because the the season goes by so fast, right? We're already seven so weeks in. Fast. Yeah, I mean we're we're well more than a third of the way through. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's only ten games left. So the Giants could go five and five from here on out and finish eleven and six. So this is where we're at with the Giants because their 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 record is so great. We're at the point where we could start treating this like baseball and kind of count down the magic number for the Giants and when they're going to clinch a playoff berth. I think that's real because when you look around the NFC right now, it has been kind of horrendous outside of the NFC East, which is like out of control. The NFC East has a combined 20 and 7 record that's including Washington. <laughs> 20 and 7. That's amazing uh, when you think about it. Just a quick look around the NFC Dan, like the NFC North one winning team, the Vikings. They're five and one. The Packers, Bears, and Lions are all terrible. They're all losing teams right now. The NFC South has no winning teams. The Bucks have been a complete disaster. Poor Tom Brady. Uh, the Saints, they kind of feel like the 2020 Giants to me a little bit, like complete disaster, littered with injuries, bad coaching. Yet at two and five, they still kind of have a path to the playoff because their uh, division is horrible. <laughs> the NFC South. So that's the Saints. Yeah, we've been there before. We've been there. That was 2020. Uh, the NFC West. Typically dominant, right? You get the Super Bowl champion Rams, 49ers, they're perennial contenders. No, no, no. The Seattle Seahawks, who, who we'll be talking about here coming up in a little bit, they lead that division with a 4-3 and three record. So, Dad, the NFC is ripe right now, right? And the Giants are, what they're doing right now is they're building some big-time wiggle room here. Now, people can debate whether the Giants are for real or, or not. I don't care it, what people think about that. All I know is that they're set up really well to not only make the playoffs, but to have a double-digit win. You know what I mean? Like 10, 11 wins this season. They could almost limp and stumble their way to double-digit wins. I, I think that's literally where we're at with the Giants. It is wild. It's 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 crazy. And um, 
it's just it's so surreal that I tweeted it last night just because every time I think about it, it's just it's kind of wild to me that the Giants are six and one. Um, who who honestly who could have predicted that in a million years? That and one. it's not like the Giants have uh, you know kind of done that easily. I know you know the argument is oh they've been in all these one point I mean uh, one score games. I think that's a testament to how well they're playing, not necessarily a knock against them. It's hard to win in the NFL. It's hard to win six games in the NFL. Uh, the Giants have won six games through or six that six times through seven weeks, um, and I'm I'm not knocking them for the fact that these are one score wins. It's, like I said, it's tough to win in the NFL. So, you know, winning tight games that, that's a testament to the team. That's a testament to the coaching. And when you look ahead at the the schedule, the second half schedule, ignoring the Seattle game coming up and followed by the bye. There's a lot of winnable games still on the schedule, even with the injury concerns. And obviously, the team's only got to get healthier, knock on wood, um, as they move into the season. Um, but to win four more games, to get to 10 wins, uh, I, I see that on the schedule. I honestly do, um, objectively. you got games against Houston, Detroit, not playing well, two against Washington. you got one against Indianapolis, who just you know switched their quarterback, and they're basically now starting to look ahead and saying, you know, waving the white flag on this season. Um, so the opportunity is most definitely there for the Giants to get to the playoffs. And I said last week, if they beat the Jaguars and they move to 6-1, and one, it's time to start talking about the playoffs. I stand by that. I think the Giants are going to the playoffs. I don't know how well they're going to do there, um, especially with the issues they have at wide receiver. But the mere fact that we're even having that conversation, and it's as realistic as it is, is a, te- a testament to how quickly this regime has changed things. But yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Colts, Dan, I mean, maybe the Giants could trade the Colts for Matt Ryan, right? We could have a quarterback that throws for over 300 yards every week, but just blows. <laughs> the offense sucks but, uh, and turn it over every time, get sacked hey, every his, play. His stats are good, though. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Matt Ryan's a great a great example. That guy throws for 300 yards every week and is completely toast this year. He, like, blows. So, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, I see it, too. I see it, too. You look at the schedule, like, the games where I think we could legitimately say, all right, let's just call it an L because for the sake of the argument, right? Like, at Dallas, after the bye week, at Dallas with Dak Prescott back and their defense, not loving that spot for the Giants. We could call that an L. The Commanders with Tyler Heineke, like, I could see the Giants sweeping them. I could also see them splitting with Washington home and home. Like, why not, right? The Eagles... I don't know if I'm picking the Giants against the Eagles right now. We'll see what, what it looks like. But the Eagles are really, really good. Uh, they have a lot of talent on their roster, probably a lot more talent they than do. the Giants. I, I, hate, I hate it, but they For do, sure, yeah. they do. So I don't know if DJ Saquon and Andrew Thomas is quite enough, the, the three-headed <laughs> yeah. monster, to overtake the Eagles and all their talent. So let's call both of those games losses. And we could say at Minnesota, hmm, Fine. That's a tough game. That's going to be a tougher game. Tough game. I could actually see the Giants pulling that one out, but I would pick Minnesota. Uh, So just leaving the Colts, one Washington game, Detroit and Houston, not counting Seattle, which we're going to get to here coming up. We're going to we're going to save that one for next segment because we got to get the great Danton's pick. Uh, That's 10 wins right there. If Mm -hmm. you just count those games right there, you're 10 and seven, not counting. Seattle. And I think it's and I think it's only going to take nine wins this year to get in the. Yeah. Yeah. So Dan playoffs. Play- is it too, it's not too soon to be thinking playoffs. I think it's time no. to start planning for it. Uh, we, we are at Giants Wire. <laughs> we're beginning to we're beginning to plan for that added week, uh, which we haven't had to do in six years. So it's a uh, it's kind of crazy. But again, like I said, nine nine wins is likely going to do it um, in the so NFC. Yes, uh, yeah, the Giants are sixty six percent of the way there already, and uh, still got more than half of their schedule left to go, which is just. 
it's just not anything that anyone could have predicted. I don't think there is anyone that predicted it. Um, but here we are. The Giants are six and one, and we're talking about playoffs on October, uh, late October. And that's boy, talk about how times have changed. That's that's truly crazy. And I, I think it's I think it's very likely. Uh, if almost a certainty at this point that the Giants are actually going to go to the playoffs. I'm with you. And it's not like this game against Seattle is even a must-win game. You could you could lose this game to Seattle and still be in just a perfect spot just, going yeah, into your bye week. In yeah. the second half at 6-2, and two, I mean, I think almost every single NFL team would sign up for that. Yeah, no, we're, we're talking playoffs. Like, it's almost a certainty before the bye week. Are you freaking kidding yeah. me? Like That's pinch crazy. me, man. What are we doing? What are we doing this year on this podcast? This is fun. <laughs> this is different. I like it. Uh, yeah. this, it's a fun ball game against Seattle. It's an interesting spot. Again, Seattle's leading their division. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. Can you believe yeah. that? Uh, no one saw, that's another one that no one saw coming. No, the, no, no one did. Nobody saw Geno Smith playing football like this. The oh, Seattle they were Seahawks supposed to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. A hundred percent. I was saying it back in the summer. So, Giants underdogs going on the road to Seattle. They probably should be. Uh, it's a tough spot. We'll talk about the spread. We'll get the great Danton's pick right after this. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Be sure to check us and our global sports betting leader, Tipico Sportsbook, out. Tipico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader and is live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users will get a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, 21 plus and see site for the details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. All right, let's get into this week eight's game of the week between the Packers and the Bills. The Packers are 11 and a half point underdogs at Buffalo. The Bills are still going to be without Tredavious White. They're probably a strong uh, public play. They sit 16th in opponents completion percentage. Meanwhile, Green Bay was coming into the season, had the PFF's fifth best offensive line, ranks 12th in sack percentage. And while they do give up completions, they rank 22nd in opponent's passer rating. While it may not, well, while it may feel like a risky play, I would back the Packers plus 11 and a half. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. The great Danton last week was puzzled a little bit by the, that spread, the Giants. When we talked last week, what was it, three and a half, Dan, the Giants going to Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. We, were, we were puzzled by the spread. We said basically... Well, the Giants, like, yeah, I mean, the Jags have a lot of talent, but the Jags have no clue how to win, and the Giants do. Like, I think my commentary on the game, Dan, was it's going to come down to the end, close game, and the Jags are going to screw it up, and the Giants are going to win because <laughs> that's kind of how it is, and it was, like, that simple, right? The Jags couldn't figure it out. I mean, they got some help from the refs and still came a half a yard short at the end of the game. I don't know if we picked the money line, but we definitely took the points last week, right? So that was another one. Oh, I said straight up, yeah. Yeah, so straight up, if you bet the money line, uh, you were happy. If you bet the spread, you were happy. Uh, this week, the Giants are two-and-a-half-point road underdogs in Seattle. And even without Russell Wilson, the Seahawks still have this, like, 
they might have the most legit home field advantage in all of sports, like one of them, right? They're up there. Oh, there's no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Like, Giants fans won't be taking Seattle over like they did Jacksonville last week, right, Dan? Like, this yeah, is going to be legit. Giants fans, home field. That was crazy. That was cool. That was awesome. I, I did like that. I like, didn't even see a Jaguars jersey in the entire stadium. No, it was wild. Like, the roars towards the end of the game when the Jags would do something bad, it was like, Rah, yeah, Giants. It's like, what? what is going yeah. on here? Poor yeah, Jackson. Talk about, man, man, there's more change. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely not going to happen in Seattle. Yeah. Also, so you got this crate, like they are just nutty in Seattle. They're nutty. They're not going to give up their tickets like the Jacksonville fans did. They're not. They're going to be yeah. in the stadium early, hammered, loud, like crazy, insane on first crazy down. Crazy loud. Not just third down, every down. So that's going to put mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on the Giants if they have, you know, they're shuffling the offensive line with some guys injured, whatever. Like, going to put pressure on that those guys going to put pressure on dj it's going to put pressure on the entire operation uh the crappy wide receivers everything everything has to be perfect when you're dealing with that kind of noise so that worries me dan also geno smith like this guy we mentioned him did you know geno smith is third in the league in quarterback rating behind patrick mahomes and josh allen yeah he's he's playing out of his mind more than a third of the way through the season geno smith is third in passer rating he's got he's like 107 on the whole season Geno Smith is playing great football. It's an upgrade since they lost, they moved on from Russell Wilson. Go figure that one. Did anyone predict that? I don't think so. <laughs> so it's a tough uh, spot for the Giants, right, Dan? Ball. I don't love the spot. What do you think? No, I don't either. I'm going to be honest. I don't. I don't love the matchup. I don't like the spot. I watched um, the Seattle game last week. And uh, what is it? Kenneth Walker. Is that the running back? Um, that yes, kid is a rookie. monster. And the Giants good. can't stop the run. Um, so that really, that matchup, favors uh the seahawks heavily very heavily and then on the other side of the ball obviously you talked about the injuries john feliciano is a first-time center this is only going to be his eighth game as a center um you got shuffling to his left with bredesen out you got shuffling to the right with neil out uh so the giants definitely are going into this game with some problems um the injuries are certainly gonna you know be an issue uh you can only say next man up so many times before you know, doesn't it kind of loses its meaning? Um, it's a good thing that it, for the Giants that this comes a, a week ahead of their bye, so they're going to get some time to heal up here a little bit. Um, but unfortunately, the deck is very much stacked against them going into this one. It's a very tough spot. Uh, it's going to be hard to win this game with with that crowd noise and all the uh, injuries they're dealing with, Dan. But the Giants are getting two and a half points. So, are you saying you don't like it? The Giants will lose by three or more. Is that the official pick? Yeah, I'm, I do think they're going to lose. It'll probably be by about a touchdown. I still think they're going to keep it close. Me too. Um, yeah. You know, which may be a quote-unquote moral victory, although the Giants certainly aren't going to feed on any of those this year. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's too much of a tough spot. Uh, who knows, though? You know, again, we don't know what Dayball and company, they and, and Wink in particular, we don't know what kind of amazing game plans they're going to come out with. But I think it's it's pretty safe to say that this is just not a good matchup for the Giants on the road, um, you know, facing the Seahawks, the 12th man, uh, a Seattle team that's improving, that can run the ball with strength. Um, you got, you know, a complete lockdown cornerback out there in Seattle that can cause all kinds of havoc. And it's not like he's going up against any top end wide receiver. So it's just it's not a good matchup for the Giants. This one. Yeah. And the Seahawks are a little leaky on defense. But again, do the Giants have the weapons? Do they have what it takes to take advantage of that? I, I don't know. Probably not. So, yeah, I don't have really have a, a great argument on the Giants side, Dan. I wish I could, but I'm kind of with you on this. I'm feeling uh, Seattle in this ballgame. So even if that does you know, come to fruition, if that happens, 
the Giants will be six to two going into their bye week. I don't think anybody yeah, will be no, too upset about that. No disappointment with yeah. that whatsoever. I mean, listen, if you lose to the, you know, a, a one score games to the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks on the road, and th- those are your two negative marks, you're, you're doing pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, so Giants fans, don't put your betting units on the Giants on this week. The great Danton has spoken. I think you've hit every one this year except for the Green Bay game, Dan. So you're doing well. You're doing well, as usual. <laughs> yeah, we're on, we're on quite a, a two-year streak, two-and-a-half-year streak. It's, uh, the heater it's getting a little nerve-wracking because now I'm starting to care about it a little bit. <laughs> you should, yes. I, I know. You're studying now. You're getting yourself ready. You're, 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 I think you used to just fly from the seam of your pants with these picks. But I now, always did, but <laughs> yeah, yeah then, people are, then people started saying, I'm betting based on you, so yeah, I started taking it a little bit more seriously. Tough spot in Seattle. Save your betting units, Giants fans, but uh, enjoy the ride. The, the Giants are having... Um, a hell of a season. We're enjoying the hell out of it, obviously, oh, Dan. So, uh, yeah. For, so for Dan Benton, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Check out Giants Wire throughout the week. Got to get, got to stay up to date with all these injuries and and who's going to be playing this week for the Giants. Uh, and, and that's basically what's going on on Giants Wire, right, Dan? Just kind of prepping for Giants Seattle, right? Yeah, a lot of lot of Giants Seattle previews, um, injury updates. Obviously, there's going to be several of those in the in the coming days. Who knows? Maybe we get a good update on Kadarius Tony, but unfortunately, it doesn't sound like it. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically going to be it. Then going into uh, the bye week, where we'll be breaking down, you know, a whole bunch of other different things as far as analytical grades and things of that nature. And maybe we'll have to touch on something at the trade deadline. But I, I wouldn't hold your breath on that. I don't see that happening. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fascinating. What do the Giants do? We're kind of rebuilding, but we're we're six and one. We're gonna go. We're probably gonna be in the. We're definitely gonna be in the playoffs. Like what? Yeah, what a, is it's happening? It's a weird spot to be in. Yeah, it's a weird spot. It's a weird spot. We actually talked about that a little bit last week. So we if did. people haven't listened to that that episode, go check that out. We appreciate you. If you forgot, go ahead and hit subscribe for us. That's awesome as well. Uh, for Dan, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you for listening. We'll catch you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.